Welcome back, everyone, to a very exciting episode of Cohen's Corner. Now, we haven't recorded in a few weeks, and so when I was initially writing out some notes for this podcast several weeks ago, I had a few things about Jacob DeGrom leaving, Justin Berlander. I figured that would probably be enough for a full podcast. And then our schedules got pretty busy, so we pushed it off a little bit, and I kept just adding players to the bottom of my list of, oh, we got to make sure we talk about all these guys who the Mets have been signing. Um, but then today, slash yesterday, there was a huge piece of news that I'm sure everyone has heard about by now that I then just scratched out everything else on my notes list and wrote Correa in all caps, which pretty much sums up my reaction, Jake's reaction, and the whole baseball world's reaction to the absolute craziness of the last 24 hours. We're going to go into our reactions to this, even for Steve Cohen, pretty unexpected, I would say, signing. And I'm just really excited to see what we both are thinking. Curious to hear, you know, in the aftermath, kind of how how this all goes. But obviously, everyone listening to this knows by now, the Mets have signed Carlos Correa pending a physical, which is turning out to be very important verbiage. So we're going to keep an eye on that. But first things first, Jake. So just to give everyone a little background, I, for some reason... When this news broke at 2.40 Eastern time in the morning, I was still awake. And I did happen to see it, and I made sure to te- text Jake right away. And, of course, I did not fall asleep for a, lo- a long time after that because I didn't know what to do. I thought it was fake. So, Jake, why don't you tell me, first, let's just go into, like, how you found out about the news and kind of your stages of the reaction. Because I'm honestly still in shock about this. This is kind of how I felt when Scherzer signed. It like didn't really feel like a real transaction that happened. So take me through your experience of Correa Gate. Correa Gate. So yeah, I I was awake too, but I was battling like trying to fall asleep. So I wasn't looking at my phone. And my phone kept buzzing off, whatever. So I just put on a do not disturb. I didn't even look what was going on. Because it was three in the morning. I'm like, there's no no news. Like what? So then this morning I wake up and I have texts from a bunch of different friends. I have texts from you. I have MLB, like the MLB app had sent me a notification and I hadn't like, you know, you got to like unlock it with like your face ID. I hadn't done that yet. So it just showed like what I had updates from or notifications from. And I was like, oh, this has got to be Mets related. And I pop it up and it's the first thing I see is the MLB app says Correa to the Mets. I'm like, there's no possible way. And I start rolling through my text and you texted me something like, uh, I'm not going to tell you like what's going on. Like, I'll say this nothing This is what else. I said at a very disturbingly late hour to you and several other people, by the way, who then saw it the next morning and were like, what's going on? I said, you might want to check Twitter when you wake up. I will say nothing else. Yeah, so I was trying like, to be oh as cryptic God. as possible. Yeah, even though was... I hate when people are very cryptic with me over text. So I but apologize. I was just in disbelief. And last night, right before I went to bed, I was hanging out with one of my roommates, and I said, uh, "I said to him, did you see that Correa the press conference got postponed?" I said, "Uncle Stevie's coming in, watch." And I was really just kidding. Like I was just messing around. No, I mean I like and thought then... it, but I was like. I I was just I was blown away and I had to I always call and I tell my dad like what's going on like he's just as big of a Mets fan as I am so I called him and I was like this is like can you believe this he's like believe what and I'm like fucking Correa just signed with the Mets he was like there's no way and it was just it's the most unbelievable shocking I mean obviously he was already pretty much signed up with another team and the fact that that fell apart and then Steve Cohen swooped in in the middle of the night and I know he's in Hawaii so it wasn't the middle of the night for him or whatever but the fact that him and Scott Boris got this deal worked out 
pretty quickly, honestly. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Carlos Correa is an unbelievable player. Him playing third base, him and Lindor on the left side of that infield is just going to be amazing for the next 10 years. Can't wait. It's it's awesome. And uh, Steve Cohen just, I mean, we freaking, we named this podcast Cohen's Corner after he had bought the team, you know, and we were so We're going to have to make this corner and, a little bigger because yeah, there's going to be too many people oh God, coming yeah. in. <laughs> Maybe it needs to be Corner's House or yeah, Cohen's exactly. House because Corner's House. But... <laughs> I don't know. It's just the expectations we had for him as an owner. I mean, we expected something like for him to spend money. I don't think we expected this to this level. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. He just doesn't care about any kind of money, anything. And it's nice to finally be on the right side of this, you know, because for how many years when we had the coupons as our owners, it's, it sucked. So I'm just, I'm really excited. I do find it interesting. Like maybe we've already become desensitized to, the new Mets way of spending and doing things. I have to say, like, so up until this Korea situation, I have honestly felt like all the deals and contracts they've given out to me have made complete sense and seemed logical and necessary. The Verlander thing, same value as Scherzer. Senga, they needed someone else, you know, Bassett and Walker left. So Senga and Quintana fill those voids. Resigning Nimmo, fantastic needed to happen resigning diaz also needed to happen like all of those deals to me i was happy and thrilled when they were announced but this has a little bit different like this is the first deal even more so than like when they signed scherzer or the like lindor thing because those were kind of singular in their scope compared to the rest of the off seasons but this is the first time where i've really honestly just been like overwhelmed <laughs> i don't know what the right word is it, I don't know. It just it's a whole other stratosphere of not just like the amount of spending, but also the luxury of, you know, obviously Correa is an upgrade over who they have the Mets have on the roster at third base. But this is just a whole other level of me, like not being able to process that this is actually something that can be done, like more so than any of the other deals. You know, Justin Verlander signing at this point, again, maybe I'm like desensitized already, but I was like, oh, great. That's exactly what he would have gotten. That makes sense. Like this to me, not that it doesn't make sense, but I really didn't see a $300 million deal coming with everything else that has happened. I like, I really didn't see that happening. Before we go back to the Mets, I kind of just want to talk about what happened with the Giants a little bit, because to me, I don't know what you think about this. I don't understand why they announced this press conference if the physical wasn't agreed upon and passed. Like that to me makes is the, the weirdest part of this whole thing is the fact that the deal had not been officially announced they had the club had not tweeted anything about it and yet they had scheduled a press conference and Correa was like dressed and ready to go to this press conference and the club like it wasn't officially announced so I guess that's a lesson in what not to do but I just can't figure out how that happened first of all and like why they scheduled this and announced it it was on the MLB network crawl but yet it hadn't been officially agreed upon or officially signed so I guess that's a lesson learned for any other team. I can't imagine scheduling a press conference of this magnitude without everything being squeaky clean. And evidently it was not squeaky clean. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously he's had a decent size injury history, you know, like he's had several injuries and a few times he's been on the IL the last two years, he's been pretty healthy, but so obviously the giants knew already about that. He had back issues a few years ago. He's had different ailments that have uh, he's had to deal with, 
But unless there's some kind of injury that well, this was he, like an ankle injury like, from like 2014 that yeah, apparent, but, which is really fishy to me. But he's I don't know. I I don't maybe they got buyer's remorse. Like, I don't know what the Giants are thinking at all. And and like I said, unless it they're saying it was that. But unless it was some kind of injury that came up this offseason that nobody knows about and the Giants just figured it out during the physical, that's the only way that I could see a team backing out, you know? And I mean, we've seen this with the Boris Klein before with the Mets, with Kumar Rocker, and how they were trying to sign him right. after they drafted him, and they didn't and like they didn't like his physical, physical and, and yeah. they wanted to drop the money. And Boris said, "No, we're not doing that." And to Boris's credit, he stayed consistent with that, and he gave the Mets an opportunity, called Steve Cohen, and they were able to hammer out a deal. But yeah, I mean, I really feel for Giants fans because first they were supposed to get Arson Judge, and that didn't come through. Oh my God! Then there was. Um, the, I mean, this deal, I mean, they had Carlos Correa. This was for a week. week. I feel bad for their fans. I mean, it's good for us, but I, I feel bad for their I, fans. They I, got, I do. I mean, like New York teams. It's hard for me to feel bad for fans that have had three World Series championships in their lifetime. Like, genuine, generally, I don't reserve any pity for fan bases where they've actually seen their team win a World Series. But this, I do feel like, regardless of how successful they've been this decade or last decade, this is unique to me. Has this ever happened to this level where like a star player signs a contract of this magnitude and it falls apart after the press conference has been like this has to have never happened before. I don't know. I mean, I would love to know if I mean, I've never all seen this... it. Definitely not in our lifetime. It's not, I not in my baseball be paying attention to lifetime has anything yeah. like this ever happened. And, you know, yeah. deals, like you said, have fallen through. I remember I don't know if you remember this back in like 2007. Do you remember when the Mets had that had signed that catcher, Gorvit Torrealba, for like yeah. several days, and then the deal fell through because of a failed physical? For mm -hmm. some reason, that's like burned into my mind because I, I I don't know why. As like a ten year old, I was like really excited about Gorvit Torrealba for some reason. <laughs> I just vividly remember this. I don't know why. So in terms of failed physical deals, that's like the only one. And then obviously the Kumar Rocker thing. It's it's really just shocking to me. This this has to have never happened. I no. feel like. And I mean, this, even with the way. Level. That happened with the Mets. So now he agreed to do a deal with the Mets and Cohen came out on the record with John Heyman in the New York Post saying that they signed him basically and that this was the bat that puts them over the top. Right. And an owner never does that until the physical's done, which is like the Giants didn't really speak about it publicly until it actually came to fruition, which it didn't. I mean, now he's going to have to pass the physical. I mean, because Steve Cohen already basically said they signed him. They're not going to be able to back out of it now because he acknowledged it publicly. And also, it's, it's kind of public the, what the Giants saw. Yeah, like it was yeah. some like ankle, which makes me think that they wanted to renegotiate at the last minute and like lower the years or something. Because why? I read somewhere that it was like an ankle surgery he had, or some sort of surgery he had in like 2014 that was flagged at, on like his medical history. So at least the Mets have this information because it's been reported that that is what the Giants supposedly, you know, had questions about. So. I don't know. That doesn't seem like it would really be. But also, again, the thing is, too, what also makes that fishier is that the twins who were his employers last year and presumably had access to his medical history offered him a 10 year contract. Also, that that's what tells me the Giants like that, there's something more to it. Like, it's not just that. Like, there's got to be something. The twins wanted him back so badly. So, like, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And I, I just think there's more to it. And I'm sure it'll come out eventually than just his ankle or some injury that they found on an MRI or whatever the case is that they found, because it just doesn't make sense. 
they were privy to all his medical records before they signed him, you know? So it's, it's not like they didn't know he hurt his ankle back in 2014. They had a week like they to didn't look, know to about look his into back this. Issues. Yeah. What else so were they doing? <laughs> I just, I don't, it, something else seems to be going on. There's some, there's got to be some other reason. Or Correa backed out. Maybe Lindor was in his ear. Like, who knows? I'm sure we're going to find out eventually. Maybe. But there's got to be more to it than they just saw a little thing on his physical. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, unless some other injury that we're not aware of. Or with some and, ail, like some sort of like, I mean, I I just hope it wasn't but, some like other illness thing that may not have been a physical injury. But yeah, yeah again, presumably, but, hopefully that somewhat that would have showed up somewhere on like his yeah. twins physical when he mm-hmm. signed with them. You know, yeah. I don't know. So it's, I don't... it's bizarre. I mean, look, I'm happy about this, but you have to acknowledge like this is bizarre circumstances. Oh, it's unreal. But like, usually we're on the get, other end of this. Right. Like we're usually getting the shitty end of the stick. You know what I mean? Like it sucks for the Giants, but. I, yeah. I do I do love the irony of this also happening the same day that the judge contract became official yesterday and the fact that the judge press conference was this morning. So I Yeah, it, how nice is that too? And they just stole the headline right they, away. I so mean so much for the they asked Brian Cashman judge, about this. And at, judge they the asked judge him, thing. they asked Hal Steinbrenner about it. They have to be a little annoyed that they're having to answer questions about the Mets today, but probably they I did they it. never thought they'd have to do that at announcing the largest free agent what is, was i believe the by numbers largest free agent contract ever given to anyone which was the contract they gave to judge mm-hmm. also announcing him as captain this is yeah. probably the only thing that could have up this particular circumstance is like the yep. only thing that could have upstaged that and it's like a guy yankee fans hate right that's the other thing too they I hate saying. him but they also kind of wanted him though well, right I mean, why wouldn't you he's a great player i mean you could still hate the guy and still acknowledge that he's really good and would help your team you oh know? For because sure. once this is the guy that when he's not on your team, you hate him. But when he's on your team, you love him. And I feel like the Mets kind of needed that. They needed to some added swagger and a little attitude. And it's nice to have a player that other people don't like. Like, I, I like that. I, I like that element that it brings to the team. I mean, look back to 86 and that whole team was hated pretty much. And I don't know. I, I don't I would love that if everyone just hated us and we're going up, tearing everybody up. I, I love that. But I think Correa... I don't know. He just, Steve Cohen said it best. It just puts this team over the top and they needed an extra bat. I didn't think they were going to do this. I was saying last week, go after JD Martinez. He I thought they were going to bring like Drury back as a Drury, bench. Conforto, I mean, who's actually good, like you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they still, I think are going to bring in somebody else, which is crazy. Like every time they sign a new guy, like, like where are these guys they, going? They're... When they sign Nimmo, they're like, all right, well, there's people are like, oh, well, they're not going after Sanga now. And somebody's like, nope, they're still in on Sanga. They go and sign Sanga. Now they sign Correa. No, they're still in on somebody. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it never ends. Like, right. anything is possible for the Mets in, in today's world, you anything know, which is, is crazy to think. Like, think three years ago. Crazy. If I, if I told you we a had, crazy. Not what if I told lie. you three years ago, we had Verlander, Scherzer, Correa, and Lindor on our team. Even if I just told you we had one of those players, you would I'd, have said I was crazy. I would have thought the space time continuum had evaporated. Four of them. Absolutely absurd. That's what I kind of want to talk about now because maybe I'm the only one worried about this. And based on a few people I've talked to, it seems like I am. But I just wonder, like, how do you think Correa is going to fit in with the clubhouse based on what you know about him? Which, again, I, like, know as much as the next person. And I guess the thing is he's used to being on a star-studded team with the Astros. He wasn't, like, the only star on that team. But I just kind of wonder, he's not the only guy here and I, I just wonder how that's going to work in the clubhouse with like all of these people that are great which is awesome but i don't know do you think it like it's going to mesh well just like the personalities that they brought on i mean I people have been will. talking about verlander and scherzer verlander and scherzer. i'm not like i don't know they're both 
in their late 30s with families, I just really don't see like their rivalry being a problem. No, and they're both grown men now. Like Verlander said the same thing. And they're just going to be motivated to win. And whether they don't like each other or not, I mean, they played well together in Detroit. So, I mean, it really didn't stop them from doing anything. But I wonder. I think it'll be fine. Correa's, he was teammates with Verlander for a long time. That's true. That's the reunion no one's talking about. It's Correa and Verlander. They all have the same motivation to win. Like, that's all that's at the forefront. He's a winner. And he's a great. The other thing that people have mentioned, but not as much as, like, I would think, but he's a great postseason player. Like he is so clutch. He's got 18 home runs in the postseason. He's had unbelievable he's runs. I mean, yeah. So he's won a world Lander. series. He's been to a couple. I mean, he's, he's a great player and he's a good leader. Like anybody you talk to, like he's a really good leader. And right, no, I think, right. I think they're going to fit in fine. And that was early in his career. He was a young player. He wasn't like the ringleader of that. I mean, after the fact he came out and he had said some stuff in the media that he caught some flack for, but, I don't think it's going to be a problem at all. And he's Lindor's buddy. And I don't know. I just, how happy is Lindor too? I mean, Steve Cohen, he brought in Javi Baez for him, who also is obviously a very good player. And then he left, but he brought him in because that's Lindor's friend. And same thing with Correa. And it's just, oh my God, Correa is going to be here for 12 years. It's just, that's, it's, unbe- it's that's unbelievable. That's insane to me. I haven't really wrapped my mind And he's going to be that. an awesome third baseman. He's going to be unbelievable. And that's what's crazy too. It's like, it's like A-Rod going to the Yankees. That's how I feel. And moving to third. Yeah, because yes, he was a shortstop that's exactly how I career. feel. It's, I think it, and it was a shock when that happened. This right. is a shock. Like That's true. It's just, it's, un, it's just incredible. Like, I can't believe as Mets fans, this is what we get to see and go through. Like, it's it, just. It's it a, is crazy. Like, and amazing. I mean, you know, like like you said, we named our podcast Cohen's Corner. Again, not even just the deal itself, but th- this type of proceeding to me is still really hard to wrap my head around and you know we kind of already talked about this but but yeah no i i agree with you look it seemed like from what i've read that you know the twins loved having correa this year i mean again he he was probably the biggest star on their team so it's not like he really had to share the spotlight maybe i'm just wrong maybe i've had an impression of him that's incorrect like in my mind i always thought of him as sort of a bit of a diva but i think that might just be my impression and like maybe i'm wrong about that so i i don't know i'm just kind of you know, I don't see him as a diva, but I, I mean, he's dealt with, I mean, Altuve was an MVP when he was there. Springer was a really good player. He had Verlander on the team. I mean, he's been around stars and I'm, that might um, just be a wrong impression. And I, I apologize about that, but I, I mean, know. and when the guy's on the outside, not on your team, you don't really know. Like we yeah. all knew stuff about Scherzer, but we didn't know how much of a dog he was like this, like how competitive, and how he much was. of a like, leader he's when you become, get to, yeah. Really. And when you get to see him every day, you learn those things about somebody, but I mean, yeah, there's going to be plenty of Mets fans that are going to be a little skeptical about the guy's personality and stuff just solely based on some of that stuff that went on in Houston. But on the field-wise and from everything that I've read recently and that I've known throughout his career, he seems like his teammates always love him. And, I mean, everybody in Minnesota loved him. I know a bunch of Twins fans I've seen on Twitter that were trying to get, like, we're really hoping he was going to come back this offseason. And he was a really good player for them. He carried them throughout the summer. So, yeah, um, I think – there's no negatives here, in my opinion. I think it's going to work because, say, even he does have some in- injury problems throughout the contract, it's obvious that's not going to stop Steve Cohen from spending. Like, if he needs to plug a hole somewhere, he doesn't care. He's paying. Well, that's when Cano the young guys come million. in. That's when yeah. the young, you know. I think he's paying Robinson Cano twenty four million, and he was Cano was playing against them last year. He was paying him for that. You know what I mean? So it's not money's never going to be a problem. Where some other teams, if you have some guys that are hurt, it's going to affect your team because you're allocating a lot of the budget to that person that's not on the field. 
But the Mets doesn't matter. They'll be like, all right, we'll we'll get somebody else in here to fill in. You know, it's not going to be a problem at all. Yeah, I know. I no, I I think I've sort of gotten used to like the money aspect not being an issue. I do I do kind of wonder though. Like again, maybe I'm just like paranoid wondering about this. And don't get me wrong, I'm happy. I'm really happy about the Correa thing. I think they did need another bat. Like I'm I'm happy about it. I'm just trying to think of like maybe I'm just falsely apprehensive because I'm also kind of wondering like. I don't know. I feel like the other owners have to like hate Steve Cohen now. Like, I don't know. You'd think this would motivate them to spend because they're all billionaires. But I don't know if like every owner can do what he's doing. I don't know. I I guess they can't like kick him out. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like waiting for the other people. That's worry. But they're not going to get They can't kick him out. I mean, it's so good for the game. And baseball is so much better when the Mets are good, you know. And I don't. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, it'd be like cutting off their nose to spite their face. It, just, it wouldn't make any sense. And there's already owners that didn't like Steve Cohen that tried to vote against him getting in, like Artie Moreno from the Angels. I know he's selling the Angels, but him, the um, the White Sox owner, he didn't like him. The there's owner. plenty of owners, the Reds owners, plenty of owners. All the, you know, all these small markets, I know the Angels weren't small market, but a lot of small market teams didn't want Steve Cohen coming in and they didn't like him. I can only imagine how they feel now when they had to wake up to that news this morning. Right. Because he's just spending out the wazoo. But I mean, it's I'm not complaining. It's unbelievable. With all the poverty problems we had to deal with as Mets fans for so long. This is uh, we deserve this. So and I'm, I know he's, it's he's it's a still fan. Weird. Like, yeah, he's just he, he's he's everything we needed as an owner. Like, he's, oh, absolutely. He's, just, he's unbelievable. I don't think there's an owner in sports right now that's more beloved than Steve Cohen. And if he even just gets us one World Series, I mean, he will be loved forever by this fan base and just based on effort alone he will be because he's trying his best you can't say he's not i mean who who knows if it's going to work out it's baseball you never know what's going to happen but he's putting his best foot forward and that's all you can ask for out of an owner you know absolutely and yeah I, i've often said this to people but like if the mets win one one just one world series in my lifetime That'll be good. I like. I would love for them to win multiple. Just but one. like, if they win, we're gonna. One, you know, they're gonna I'll win one. Complain. We're gonna be like, all right, let's get another one. I'll never complain about anything ever again, which will make the podcast really boring. But I do. Th- yeah, right. You can't deny. Like, but also that's the thing too. They're spending all this money on free agents this year. But remember, it's not like they have tons of people waiting in the wings either. Like the the reason they're spending all this is because they don't necessarily have people to fill these spots a few years down the line, or they or they're not sure. Or they don't have people to fill those spots. You know, if they didn't sign any of these free agents starters, for example, it's not like they have five really like mm-hmm. majorly ready starters ready to fill in behind Scherzer. So it it's like on one hand, it seems like reckless spending. But on the other hand, look at what Philly's done. There's yeah. And also for anyone complaining that the Mets have been buying their whole team, I would love for you to look up how many players on the Phillies roster are homegrown. Very yeah, few. None of them. Very few. I mean, not, I shouldn't say none of them, but. Yeah, not a lot. It's not, they've also bought their, almost their entire team. Harper, so, Castellano, Schwarber, now Harper, Trey Turner. In Real their, Mudo, they traded In their for. rotation, they have Wheeler. Now they signed Walker. Yeah, Real Mudo. So. Yeah, Wheeler. Yeah, practically. So, again, it's not. For anyone complaining that the Mets are buying their whole team, I would love for you to look at the Phillies roster, which has, like, maybe three homegrown players on it entirely. So and I mean, not, the Mets still have some, too. With, um, that's the thing. Have Alonzo, Alvarez contributing, Alonzo, McNeil, Nimmo. half their lineup conceivably next year will still be homegrown players between mm-hmm. Nimmo, Alonzo, McNeil, and Alvarez, depending on... I mean, I'm not sure now if he starts the season in the majors. Maybe not. That might be for his... Benefit? Adding him to that lineup full time. I mean, he'll be up in the the very least. He'll be up by the end of April, I'd say. You know, 
So to add him to that lineup for pretty much the whole year, that's going to be a huge addition too, because look at the black hole. They pretty much had at catcher. I know Tomas Nito. He was all right. Like I love Nito, but the, to have a bat like Alvarez in there is going to be from the catcher position. As long as he's ready to catch is going to be such a plus for this team. And there's not going to be a hole in this lineup. Like as long as the only other thing they could do right now is get like a fourth outfielder. That's solid enough to DH. I think they're going to make Beatty an outfielder. Yeah, they should they, do that well, gonna have today. To he's got nowhere to play for the next twelve years. Right so now, they're going to have learn to left field. That's what I would say. Yeah, but because... then what do you? You're going to have to trade one of Beatty or Mauricio. Like where? Where are all these guys playing? They're going to trade Mauricio. And, I think. and Mauricio's Mauricio could be awesome, and I'm I'm worried that he could be really yeah. good if we trade him. But is his value ever going to be higher than it is right now with how he played? I know it's just the Dominican league. league he's but been he won amazing. the MVP and like mm-hmm. people are talking about him. Is his value ever going to be higher than it is right now? Maybe not. You know, that's the funny thing is with Ronnie Mauricio, he's like what twenty one. He's it feels like he it feels like he's been around for decades. Wow. I don't know, we've just been hearing about him for so yeah. long. I think yeah. he was signed in twenty seventeen when he reminds was like, me like a Med Rosario before he came up. You know, like he was still really young when he made his debut, but because he was an international signing, they had had him in the system since he was what, like sixteen. Yeah. Same with like so, Fernando Martinez back in the day. Yeah. Do you remember Alvarez him? now? Yeah. I mean Alvarez yeah. we've been talking about Alvarez coming up for three, four years now. Yeah, so. exactly. But yeah, I mean, it'll be it's a great problem for the Mets to have. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. It, you know, it's funny because like again, before I knew this Korea thing was happening, I really was like and I still am because I think they're going to have some role on the team next year. I was really looking forward to seeing like, okay, let's just give Beatty and Alvarez some rope. Give See what they do in April. Like, I don't know. Just see what happens. And I still think, you know, I don't know if Beatty's on the opening day roster at this point. I mean, maybe. I hope so. Depends. They still have, there's still places that they could kind of maneuver with pieces that are on the roster that might not be here when the season starts. Darren Ruff is still on the roster. I'm guessing he'll be DFA'd. At some point, I, I don't know what else there. I don't there's no way he's on the roster next year. Like I'd rather just, give Vientos those at bats. Exactly. I mean, if if that's what it comes he might get traded Vientos. I mean, there's nowhere for him to really play. I mean, he's if unless he DHs, there's nowhere. Where's Vientos going to play now? He was third base I, in the minors. He, he wasn't that good at third base. Alonzo's going to be at first. Right. McNeil, so. I think they're going to basically leave a second unless he needs to play the outfield, which I'm sure he will at some point. I, that's what probably is going to happen. They he proved himself. They're going to want to get Guillaume at bats. Alone. Now they got to find Escobar at bats. Oh, Guillaume. I, mean, I, I forgot about Guillaume. Oh yeah. He's still this, this team is deep now. Oh. And I, I think, though, they're going to try to trade Escobar. I mean, because what Escobar is going to want to play, you know? And I mean, yeah. that's not the end all be all reason to get rid of him. But I don't know. I just don't think. I mean, depth is never a bad You don't really thing. have a need for it. I mean, you could have Escobar as the DH. I mean, yeah. Same as the DH. If he's going to play even like half of what he was in September where he was on fire, because that was the normal Eddie Escobar from years before that, you know, that's what we thought we were going to get. So if he could be somewhat something like that as a DH, I mean, he'd, he'd be a beast. So the funny thing is he was actually good in the field. I felt like, so, Oh no, he was, it, it's not no, like he, he was, was a liability. No, at not all. at all. No, he was really good. He was in the very field, shorthanded. He's not going to play third, obviously now. So, right. but I mean, it's good to hold on to guys like that because like we've talked about Correa has got that injury history. You never, you know, never know. Something may come up. Know. He's in the W like maybe he gets you in WBC. Like, I don't, so. it will be foolish. I think to just shed valuable depth. Yep. Now. I, I don't think they're going to do that, but but I think they're going to make some kind of trade. Like, what if they try to go after Hendricks? People have talked about that. I mean, people have said that. <laughs> I be... I mean, maybe. If he the White Sox what? are shopping him, I'd, I'd definitely go after him. The thing is, isn't he like used to closing? It's not like they're just going to give He's him. He's not going to care. Do you think he would? I, I don't know. Again, and I, how many times last year did Showalter use 
Diaz yeah, in the eighth. Like the seventh yeah. or eighth, and we were worried about the ninth inning. Now you really, I mean, you they got out of Vito back. So yeah, that, and then that Robertson. I don't know. I, I would say that you, it doesn't matter to have as many good arms as you can. I mean, it's every year For I sure. feel like a closer gets traded to a team where now he's setting up, and I don't think Hendricks would care. He's already making his money, he's got his contract. Yeah. That's true. So no, what, you're what right. He, that again, I, that just seems wild to me that like that would also. I mean, look, maybe it happens. It seems like the Mets were interested. Based, I mean, do the White Sox miss James McCann? We can uh, that, gladly give him over. I mean, you know, he, he had his best year there. So if if that's what needs to happen, you know, maybe that's what happens. I'm not sure. Well, they have Grandal. Like, what if we attach a prospect to James McCann and then maybe. we're paying Hendricks' salary and we eat most of McCann's salary? Is that enough you know? for Hendricks? I don't know because the White Sox are trying to get off his money. So if we're going to take all his money, well, but and we're going to give they, them McCann, why would they sign Ben Intendi for five years? Who again? He's not the greatest player, but he's good though. And like then trade their closer. Like aren't they still trying to compete? I don't know. Yeah, that don't just know. Seems and Hendricks bizarre. is one of the best closers in the league. So I don't know. It's like the Brewers trading Josh Hader. I'm like, aren't you in first place? Like what? Yeah. It... Ended up working out for them because Hader sucked in San Diego. I mean, I mean for, it didn't work out the because the Brewers took a downfall too. After it didn't that. really work out because San Diego made it to the NLCS. To clubhouse, yeah. So I would say that actually worked out for San Diego pretty well. Yeah, in the ultimately. in the playoffs, it did yeah. But in the regular season, Hater sucked for the Padres. He was horrible. Yeah, there was but, definitely a, a rather jar, uh, startling adjustment period for him. But yeah, it, but I, the Hendrick, they need to yeah, sign I mean, at least one more. Bull, if they're not going to trade for Hendricks, they need to go get at least one more. They just sign Chafin. They don't need to trade for anyone. I, in my opinion. I, we've been advocating for Chafin for years. Yeah, or like there's actually have other him arms and out Brooks Raley as two left-handers in the pen. There's actually other yeah. arms. Is Michael Filmer still available? I think he might be out there. Know. He's a uh, He's okay. He's Taylor Rogers. Good. Taylor Rogers still out no, there? No, no, I, I don't. You don't want him? He's. I don't think he's that good. I don't know. His wind up kind of annoys me. Do you? Do you want to watch that every day? Hey, I mean, he's it's gonna fun. strike people out. I don't give a I shit. I don't know what if he, does. he will though. Like, I maybe on Taylor Rogers. Like he I would be like the fourth guy in your pen. Like that. That's pretty possibly. Good. But if he if he's really if he's out there for like not much. I mean, again, I know money's not an issue, but like. I'm not giving like tons of resources personally to Taylor Rogers. I don't know. That's just me. Per- he doesn't impress me that much based on what I've, the games I've watched. But, you know, another arm couldn't hurt. I feel like they're both, you know, you can never have too good of a bullpen. You're right. And McGill, hopefully McGill can do McGill, well. McGill, they, yeah, that'll be, I know we're kind of going in all these different directions now because we're the impact of signing Correa and all the other signings they've had. It does make me think about, you know, the guys who are already here, what they're going to do with them. Because I, I, I do also wonder this. I don't know what players think when, what, what do you think Brett Beatty thought when he like saw this news? He's probably excited, I'm sure, because he's still on the Mets. But like, I just wonder, you know, like or like Peterson, you're after the Mets keep signing people to like bump him out of the rotation. Do you think that like annoys the players that are sort of being shoved yeah. to the side? It probably I think more does. so in, in this situation. I would say more so Peterson and Beatty, just because Beatty he got a taste of the majors last year, but he hasn't really been up. Peterson's kind of yeah. proved himself that he's a pretty solid starter, and he's. I mean, he's been up what since 2020, so he's he's been around. So he was probably hoping for us have a chance to get right. a spot in the rotation this year, and that's not really going to happen. But Beatty's such a young player, and he can move. You know, like Peterson can't really go; he can't go play another position. Yeah, at least Beatty, they they he can have some confidence in that they can put him in left field where he's played a little time in the minors. They can move him around where they can find ways to play him. Peterson, it's kind of cut and dry. You know, I mean, they could put him in the bullpen. But that leads me to I just, also, yeah, yeah. I don't, I was going to ask you, what would you think if they decided to go with a six man rotation? Because Scherzer's, obviously, we know Scherzer and Verlander are up there in age. So it would give them, you know, some innings off. Senga's used to pitching 
just once a week in Japan. So, I mean, that's going to be an adjustment for him to now be in a five-man rotation. I wouldn't be that opposed to them running a six-man rotation at least every once in a while with Peterson at the back end of it because Peterson's a solid – he would be a solid five for anybody. Like, and he's, like he, he's good. I feel like he kind of figured it out at the end of last year, oddly, when they moved him to the bullpen. Yeah. And he started pitching more aggressively than I've seen him. Just – I feel like his command was just a lot sharper. He wasn't nibbling – his velo is up a little too in the bullpen. So maybe the bullpen's so, the answer for him. But Maybe the bullpen's the answer, but I also think there's a lot of value. I just, I just think he's more valuable as a starter, personally, I agree. based on what I've seen from him, based on his makeup. It it just seems to me like he needs some time to settle into a game sometimes. And like I don't I don't see his future as like coming in for one inning. I, I don't know. I, I just see him. No, I agree I, with you. I, I, based on what I've seen from him, I really think he's better served as a starter. So what would you say? So, would you consider that six man? Well, Billy Epler sort of alluded to the fact that, you know, you're right. I think with Senga, and that's, you know, not to totally keep bouncing around. I do think one of my big hopes for just the beginning of the season is that people give Senga a little time to make this transition from Japan baseball to MLB. I don't care if he's the best pitcher in Japan. There might be some growing pains. And so I just hope he seems like a very good natured person. I hope people give him a little, a little grace if he like struggles or you know I I don't know I he seems wonderful and so I just I just want to like protect him but also I do think having some like Peterson for example you know they're not going to just be rolling Senga out there every fifth day like you said and I don't think they're they're not going to do like a full time six man rotation I don't th- you know I don't really think Verlander and Scherzer would want that but I think they might do like a Every third turn, six man rotation, something like that. Maybe they if they look at last year, they ended up needing Peterson and w- Trevor Williams a lot. So you're gonna need well, these things. It's they gonna come up. Carrasco, Jose, if, Jose if he Bito, stays, remember he started and uh, he got rocked. That was a crazy. That was a crazy. They game started Zapucky. He got rocked. Like you're gonna need. You're gonna need guys. Peterson's definitely gonna start at some point this season. Like, oh, for that's sure. obvious. But and Carrasco, I don't, know, I, just, he, I don't know if he makes it through a full season, like without being injured. Be on the team, people are right. talking about trading him. I know. I I hope they don't, just because I don't know. I, I just like. I him hope they don't too, but I think Peterson <laughs> could slide right into Carrasco. Peterson, spot. if they, right? I mean, I don't know who they're trading Carrasco for, unless they traded Carrasco for Liam Hendricks, which like they're not gonna. I mean, they have to. That's what maybe they could do Carrasco and attach a prospect, but maybe. Are the White Sox if the White Sox are trying to get off Liam Hendricks' money? Are they going to why are they taking on Carrasco? In Carrasco? That would I mean, make no sense. Yeah, it wouldn't. So for them, unless they like were desperate for, they wouldn't be trading their All Star closer for Carlos Carrasco. No. I don't think. No offense to Carlos Carrasco, but like no, but but right, like we were saying. I mean, he had. I don't know. And from at a his leadership age, perspective, yeah. I love having Carrasco on the team. Me so, too. Like, he just seems so nice. I sometimes I think my favorite thing about last year, like besides the team being great, like everyone really seemed just so nice and. I, and the clubhouse really, got along. I really yeah. liked all the players. And that's the thing. That's kind of what I was going back to with like the clubhouse stuff. Vibes aren't everything. And obviously last year's team did not advance very far in the playoffs. But I do think there's something to be said for the culture they created in the regular season. And hoping, and I do, again, we've talked about this at length. I feel like Buck Walter being at the helm had a lot to do with that last year and also will help this year's group kind of stay within themselves. Because again, think about it, like, you know, even for the returning players coming back, Alonzo and McNeil, seeing like all these signings that they made, I just hope things don't get too big for them because I, you know, and I mean, it's true. These aren't like young pups. These guys are like 28. Correa is like the youngest player of the team, which I find hysterical. Like <laughs> he's like their yeah. biggest signing. 
I think he and Alonzo are their two youngest position players now, except for Alvarez. But I do hope that even the, the signings that they made, they can have a really strong clubhouse going into next year. And whatever good vibes they had last year to help them win 101 games, I hope that that could somehow continue. I mean, there's a, a lot of the same people coming back, but there's going to be a lot of new faces, just like there were last year. So I, I do think Buck helping like steady everyone will allay any concerns that yeah, I, I think personally might have had about mm-hmm. the clubhouse just being... I don't know. There's just a lot going on, you know. Yeah. Someone's you know, got a kind of presence like Buck. I don't see him letting a clubhouse like slip away like how Luis Rojas did. You know, I just I don't see that happening. But it's a lot to process for the returning leader. players. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not you're not bringing in guys that are here for the wrong reasons that are just here for their money and they aren't going to show out. You know, like Verlander's at the end of his career. Yeah, he got paid a lot of money, but he wants to win. Correa wants to win. Like Jose Quintana, all that guy does is he just goes out and pitches his best, and he just wants to win. You know, like these guys they brought in. Sanga, he's coming here. He's trying to prove himself. He's not going to be a problem. And it's just, I don't know. I, just, I think no negative vibes at all. I think it's going to be great. Oh, for sure. I'm so excited. And you know what this does? This makes people want to go to the ballpark. I'm so excited for next season right now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I start go, the season tomorrow. I, I literally texted my dad earlier today because I've the only home opener I've ever gone to was the the City Field home opener, actually, in t- 2009, the very first game at City Field. But Never since then have I actually gone to like the first home game of a season. The home but game I this te- year is gonna. The I texted my dad. I was like, I want to go to this home opener. Like, I want to see these crazy. player introductions. Yeah, I want to. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can they I please introduce the Steve Cohen on the field? I want I mean, that. He's gonna let him let him walk out there with the players. Put him in uniform. <laughs> let him go out there. With the players. What number? What number would he be? Uh, uh he should just be his net worth seventeen billion. <laughs> seventeen million. Maybe. Yeah, just seventeen B. Put that on the back of his jersey. That would be that would be hysterical. Oh my god! But it does. But that's that's the thing. Think about what this is saying. Mets fans are so excited right now. They're like chomping at the bit to like buy all these jerseys. Like I want to buy a Nimo jersey. Who I've loved Nimo for years, and like he's here. Like I I don't buy tons of jerseys. I hope I might get his. And when you invest in the team, fans want to spend money on the team. Like, yeah, and they'll show Mets up fans at the stadium. Are throwing their money at this team right now. They want to, like, I mean, I don't know the figures. I don't know what the ticket sales have been like in the last two weeks. But you have to think, based on the reactions that I've seen on social media and just online, like, people are going to want to go to watch all these players. And, like, that's what investing in the team does. When you show your fans that you're willing to put entertaining players who are awesome on the field, like, they want to go to yeah, the games. All, all we they want, want to buy their them stuff. To try. Like we just want ownership to try and try yeah. to put the best team on the field as possible. And we'll show up. Like I don't know why the Wolpons never understood that or the coupons, as I called them earlier. Well, because they, remember they, they, they put the best really team possible on the field. Steve Cohen's a Mets fan. Yeah, they were just that's the difference. <laughs> oh, but even just from a business model perspective, like when you want that, like you'll draw way more attention, draw way more fans. The value of your team goes way up when you have a good team, and uh, I just whatever we're past them. I don't Jake, even want to. We gotta let this go. I'm gonna get heat. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever let that go, but you, maybe when to. we win a World Series, maybe it'll be like um the guy from the what was the guy's name from the Cubs that gotten Moises lose way in the in the stance, you know what I'm talking about? Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. Yeah. It was like that. After they won the the Cubs won the World Series, they brought him back. After the Mets won the World Series, they can honor the Wilpons in some way. I know they that, won't, but then I'll accept it. Because I'll be able to let go of it. Yeah, but it's oh it's just we're living in such a different world. Like I, like years ago you told me this was gonna be the world we're living in as Mets fans. I never in a million years would have believed you. Like I said, out of Verlander Scherzer, Correa Lindor, if you told me we had one of them on our team, I would have said you were nuts. 
we have because why would they want to come to the Mets? You know, no. yeah. and why <laughs> the Mets would never spend that money? Like, right, that was the main thing, and we have all four of them now. Like it's it's absolutely it's incredible. It's I would like to draw everyone's attention to the 2019 Christmas Eve when I'll never forget awesome. this. I felt actual happiness when our big signing was. Do you remember? Dylan Batanzas, one year, two years, twenty million, and, they and I legitimately Van was, is like, I got a Christmas gift for you, Mets. And fan. he was like under the tree. He had like a present next to. It was like the whole picture. Actually, maybe we can end on this. I'm kind of curious. So, in the context of a lot of these crazy transactions that have happened over the last few years, you know, with Lindor, obviously we remember that Scherzer last year, Correa this year. Like, I'm kind of wondering from your whole fandom. What is like the single happiest you've ever felt about a Mets transaction, whether it was a trade or a signing? I think back because I'm actually curious as to how some of this measures up because that's they did some big moves when we were younger, too. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, is there like one transaction across your fandom that stands out to you was like the pure happiest you have been when you saw that announcement? So. I'll say one from the Wilpon era that I was happy about, but it doesn't compare to the recent moves. But when they traded for Cespedes in 15, after the whole fallout from the whole Wilmer Flores stuff and not getting Carlos Gomez, and which obviously worked out, when they got Cespedes, I remember watching, I was watching LB Network at the trade deadline. Ken Rosenthal announced it. And yeah, I was, I was through the moon. I was so happy when that happened. But definitely Lindor, because I just, I loved her. I already loved watching Lindor play. And, it had been so long since the Mets had had a superstar player and they had never like traded for a player that caliber that they were now going to have to like pony up the money for. Not since like Mike Piazza. That was like just a change of the guard moment for me when Cohen approved them to trade for Lindor and we all knew they were going to have to pay him and they obviously did. I would say, yeah, I would say Lindor. I mean, Scherzer, I was so excited for, Berlander was different because we had just lost to Grom and like it was great. I was happy about it, but it was. I still little, want to talk about that in a future emotions. episode. We will. We'll get I to do it, want but, to talk about that at some point. Not those right are now. some mixed emotions just because of the circumstances. I agree with you. I agree. That's how I and, felt. I was like, eh, but okay. I was happy, but you know, like it, it was a little different. Correa, Correa was. I mean, I'm still right. It's the same day. I'm still wrapping my head around it. But yeah, if I had to pick one. I would say Lindor just because that really seemed like uh, things were starting to change for the Mets, you know? Yeah, definitely. I do remember, I don't know if it compares to this because I was only like 10 or 11. I do remember when they got Santana. That was like a big that deal. That was cool, yeah. Like, like I re- we were really I, young with Beltron when they got Beltron. Right, cool. but I just remember, I remember we were watching SNY. My dad like turned it on when they traded for Santana and there was just all this stuff about that. I mean, that, to the credit of the time, like that was a pretty big deal. It wasn't. I, and they paid him, he, and yeah. they paid him, and he gave the Mets some amazing memories. He was he was injured a lot, but he mm-hmm. he was really a great Met, and I remember being really excited about that. I actually think I, this might be recency bias. I do honestly think though that I think I was also fragile because the Degrom press conference was earlier in the day when this was announced. I honest, I don't think I've ever been happier than when they extended Nimmo. That sounds so stupid. That sounds silly to say, but I like no, literally it's not. cried. I, mean, he's a player I actually cried tears of joy when they announced that. I've never done that for a transaction ever. And I, I don't think I've ever been happier just because there's something different. And you love Nimmo. I love Nimmo. I've always, I like him, him, but you, you love the guy. I think he's just, well, I, I love him a lot, but there's something different about signing a new player versus giving a player that you already love a lot of money. And that's why I think that hit 
so hard for me was because a that was the same day that the DeGrom press conference was for the Rangers and I was at work and it was like plastered on all the TVs and I was like trying to ignore it because again that was that was like a week ago you know so <laughs> that was like two weeks ago now there's a lot that's happened since then but I honestly think might be my family can attest to this because I literally like burst into tears and they were alarmed as to why I was like sobbing at this news at 8 45 but I honestly think I don't think I've ever felt more euphoria than checking my phone and seeing that Nimmo had been extended. I think full stop. Like that's the happiest I've ever been. Even because again, it's different. It's like someone you already love is staying versus they got this person who I don't even know yet. So I think they're honestly two different emotions. And Nimmo, like a lot of people thought he was gone. You know, like they thought he was. I, yeah. That's price. Range. I think that's the happiest I've shocking, ever felt so. about a transaction. Yeah. Uh, to no, be I was, honest, I was very happy about that honest. as well. And then right after the fact, I know it's not nearly to the magnitude, but 10 minutes later, they announced they signed Robertson too. So it was just a great night, you know? Yes, exactly. What a, I mean, it's, it's been a crazy off season, you know, again, maybe it's not over. It's not, I know. And that's the thing. It's not even Christmas yet. Like this, it's not, this it's going to be a boring few months. Actually. I know. Well, that's all right. They, they don't way, have any more space way. on their roster for more people, I think, but <laughs> bullpen, get me a bullpen and maybe is... like a Michael Conforto or an AJ Pollock, somebody, a fourth no. outfield. You know, I like to Profar. Profar gets on base a lot. Like if they, and he could play all over. Like, I mean, that, if that's a guy I would like, I don't know if, if we have unlimited possible, roster but... spots. Sure. Conforto. I think he really needs a change of scenery. He needs to rebuild his value. I don't think he's going to do that. I don't know. That right field wall coming in might help him. I mean, I know, but you, but you know what I'm saying though? He hasn't played in a year. I know. I, he, but I think Boris he has to... that great relationship with Steve Cohen in the Mets front office now. So don't, <laughs> don't let that. You know, I, I know. I, I just don't think that would really be best for him. I think the Yankees this... could use Conforto. I wouldn't be surprised if they signed him. Left hand I mean, a bat to replace Ben Intendi. You know, and honestly, if that happens, I wouldn't really be that. Oh, I'll be I'll be rooting for Conforto no matter where he goes, unless he goes to the fucking Phillies. Right. Just don't go to the Phillies they or the Braves, and I can root for you. Go to be in Miami, even if you want to stay in the division. Yeah, I'd feel but, bad for him, but, <laughs> but no, we'll, we'll see. But I think they they will sign a fourth outfield type. Yes, we shall see. We shall see what happens. Um, but yeah, as I said, we still have like a lot more about this offseason that I haven't even gotten into. I know I've we've all sort of moved on a little bit from like the DeGrom stuff. Obviously, it feels like a million years ago now. I do at some point want to talk about like talk about that, but that we can save that for like another time. Maybe like, yeah, we'll have to the do holiday a break. episode to that. Yeah. yeah, not a whole episode. I won't even demand a whole episode, just like part of an episode, because I also kind of want to talk more about Verlander, too, which we didn't yeah. really get into a ton. We'll so have maybe a Verlander we can, DeGrom episode. Maybe let's let's plan that. So mark your calendars, folks, or don't. <laughs> that might be coming in the future. So let's see what happens over the, the holiday week. What an incredible offseason this has had. What an amazing time to be a Mets fan. This is time, like I was saying, I, I'm i just so excited for this team. And I we love these players so much. And I just, I want to see them succeed. And I want to see them just do great things. Because again, last year's team during the regular season, they did some great things. And I, I, I'm so excited to see what next season will bring. Let's Let's see what happens. This is incredible what they are putting together. So... I think I think that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Cohen's Corner. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at nymfan97. You can follow Jake at giblin underscore Jake, and of course, you can follow our podcast at Cohen's Corner Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening, Jake. 
this is I, I who what's what are we gonna have to talk about next time? I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Are they gonna, like, but with Steve Cohen, you never know. We'll, know. we'll definitely have something. Yeah, maybe maybe they. Announce- Who's gonna fail their physical next yeah. that we're gonna get? To oh, sign? I don't know. <laughs> don't don't put that thought out there. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe David Wright's number being retired. I really think that's gonna uh, happen next year. Yeah, I hope so, so. that might be announced. I don't know. I just like have a hunch that's gonna happen. Maybe Hopefully. in January that gets announced. Hopefully. You heard it here first. I know nothing, but thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.